Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And so, by now, everyone has heard legendary guitarist Edward Van Halen has passed away at the age of 65. This week on the show, I wanted to do something that I've never done before, and will very rarely ever do in the future, I would imagine. And that is to put together a tribute episode to honor Eddie's passing, his life, and his gigantic, highly innovative, and immeasurably influential career. Now, I would be remiss in not doing this because I feel like Ed was such an important part of my own personal history to the point where I feel like I've lost something in in his passing. I can't believe I'm actually talking about him in the past tense right now, to be honest. All of my friends and family, most listeners, and anybody who's read any of my books will know that I'm a massive Van Halen fan. I always have been since the age of 12. I heard the news yesterday via a text from my good pal in New Jersey, Liam Hayden, and uh, I just kind of froze. Everything just stopped for a second. I knew a little bit about uh, the recurring cancer thing, but I had no idea that he was that sick. It's just such an awful sensation, that feeling of the floor dropping out from under you. Those few seconds that pass while your brain works very hard to make sense of something unthinkable to get past the confusion. I imagine that most of us felt that same stark, unsettling vulnerability in finding out that somebody like Eddie Van Halen had passed away just like that. Situations like this one are so strange because I look upon Eddie as a friend, as somebody that I'm close to, like I know him, even though I I don't know him at all. But without him knowing it, his music played a definitive role in who I would eventually become as a person. And without him being aware, we made memories together during some pretty formative times in my life. Memories that I access frequently, even before I received word of his passing. Now I have difficulty concentrating on much else. I said on social media that Eddie was one of my guys, because I felt like Van Halen's music was written for me, and for my generation. At a very young age, he absolutely dazzled me. I immediately wanted to emotionally invest in Van Halen, and in Eddie Van Halen. I was just so impressed by him and the band that I wanted to be a part of it, and I wanted Van Halen to be part of me. Most Van Halen diehards remember where they were when they heard Van Halen for the first time. I was on summer vacation in the southern United States in 1981, and I bought Van Halen's first record on cassette at a roadside diner of all places after seeing it in one of those rotating cassette tower rack things. Millennials will have no idea what I'm talking about here. But anyway, I have a very vivid memory of listening to that cassette. And when I couldn't be listening to that cassette, thinking a lot about what I had heard. And when I got home, I was exposed to what would be my favorite Van Halen record of all. And in my opinion, one of the greatest pure raw rock records in history. Women and Children First. Eddie Van Halen clearly had a specialness, a uniqueness about him. He once revealed in an interview that he had never been able to read music 
nor did he understand music theory. He learned everything from just watching and listening. His dad, Jan Van Halen, was a gifted clarinetist who also played the piano. And after the family moved to Pasadena, California from Holland, he signed Ed and Ed's brother Alex up for piano lessons. Of course, when piano failed to provide a challenge to him and became less interesting, Ed moved on. But he didn't move on to guitar. Not yet. He moved on to drums because his brother Alex was playing guitar. And now I've, I've heard two scenarios that resulted in Eddie and Alex switching to the instruments that they would ultimately come to be known for. One was that Eddie had a paper route, and when he was gone, Alex would jump on his drums, and he developed an affinity for them. The other was that Eddie heard Alex play the Surfari's drum solo in the song Wipeout, and he decided to switch to guitar because he couldn't play it quite as well as Alex could. I've read that Eddie had this innate ability to figure out very quickly how to play, if only even just a bass level, most any instrument. Van Halen producer Ted Templeman saw him do this in the studio several times with any number of different instruments that were just laying around, including a trumpet. Ed was so cerebral and ahead of the curve musically that back when he was still playing classical piano pieces at recitals, he would add improvised notes to pieces by Mozart or Bach, thinking that he was playing them correctly in their original form. And his teachers would commend him later on his interpretation of the pieces, but he thought that he was actually playing them properly, note for note. Now, when I think about this, I recall something else that I'd read about Eddie saying that he developed his sound as a result of not being able to actually completely copy his heroes, people like Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. And that forced him to come up with a style that was completely different, one that was all his own. He described his playing on more than one occasion as reckless abandon, despite being known for his precision and clarity. The reckless abandon idea likely applies to his focus on capturing that raw purity of the performance, something that really shone through for me on the early Van Halen records. And one of my favorite Eddie stories was when the band asked Jan to play clarinet on Big Bad Bill from Diver Down. Because he was so out of his element and understandably nervous in the studio, Jan made a few mistakes. When he apologized and asked to replay his parts, Edward refused to let him, saying to his dad, Dad, don't worry. The mistakes are what make the music real. I think that Ed's recital performances and his experiences in trying to emulate Clapton and Page tell us a lot about Eddie Van Halen as a musician and maybe even as a person, that his greatest achievements ultimately ironically resulted from his own perceived failures. I feel like this idea forms the basis of what makes Van Halen's music really, truly special. Edward didn't follow obvious or established formats. He ignored convention, having a very clear idea in his head of the end result and did what he thought he needed to do to achieve that result. And most of the time, what he did was completely unconventional, including building entire guitars from an assortment of pieces of other guitars. Of course, Ed's most known for what's called his Frankenstrat, the custom guitar that looks like a Fender Stratocaster that he built from a bunch of parts. Apparently, the maple neck cost him about $130, 
and the body was only $50 because the wood was inferior and it had a knot in it. He tinkered meticulously with it by adding different tremolo arms from actual strats, pickups from a Gibson ES-335, which he sealed off with wax to prevent feedback, and all sorts of other modifications. Eventually painted over the original black coat of the Frankenstrat in 1979 with Schwinn red bicycle paint, (laughs) wrapping it in tape as he did to give it that unique design that we've all come to recognize. For me, Eddie Van Halen was the most original and most exciting guitar player in all of rock. And he made it look so easy. He was a true virtuoso and and no other virtuoso had more fun than he did. He always had that big, bright smile, like he was welcoming us. I always loved that about him. He was this antithesis to the other guys who grimaced and and made guitar playing look so painful. He, He just always looked like he was having so much fun. Ed was responsible for all kinds of six-string firsts. Most notably, of course, was the Eruption solo, which he came up with as a warm-up exercise in the studio before recording. And it was discovered by accident almost. Producer Ted Templeman urged him to record it after walking by and, and just having happened to hear it. He got him into the studio. They did two takes. And I think the first one is the one on the record. Years later, Ed would say that he thought that he could have played it better if he'd had a couple more takes. On Van Halen 2, we have Spanish Fly, which was essentially just another noodling exercise that was discovered by Templeman, this time on an acoustic. I believe it was at Templeman's house when Ed just happened to pick up an acoustic guitar that was laying there, and he played the beginnings of this. few albums later on Diver Down, there was this, Cathedral. For those of you who may not know, what Ed is doing here, playing the notes with his left hand, on the fretboard with what's called a hammer-on technique when you abruptly press down on the string to make it sound without picking the string with your right hand. What his right hand is doing is adjusting the volume knob every time a note is played to give it a smooth legato sound, unlike any guitar you've ever heard. I once saw him combine Cathedral and Eruption once during a show in his solo spot, and my mind was blown doing it like he wasn't even trying. I've always said of Edward, yes, it's one thing for someone to have learned to play Eruption or Cathedral or Spanish Fly note for note. It's a great accomplishment, sure. But what about actually writing this stuff? What about creating these things? Even without the finger tapping, the feel that Edward had was 
unbelievable. He played fast, clean, fluid lines, and he also had this rhythmic, percussive, almost bouncy aspect to his playing. You listen to the Hot for Teacher solo, and uh, you can definitely hear it. It's one of the best examples of that. But on top of all of these things, he was also responsible for other little subtleties, like this. Rubbing the palm of his right hand on the strings to create the Atomic Punk intro riff. Seemingly insignificant things, like dragging his pick over the guitar strings behind the tuning nut before the actual guitar comes in, in Running With The Devil. Check it out, listen for that plinking sound. Some little things that nobody else did, some big things nobody else could do, and all kinds of things that no other guitar player ever thought to do. But most important of all, Ed's playing featured all of this stuff and also had dimension and such warmth, sharp edges, round shapes, and a richness that we're never, ever going to hear again. The other day I heard Michael Jackson's Beat It come on the radio, and even though I'd arrived back at home and I was in my garage, I stayed in the car until Ed's solo played. I just had to hear it. I love that solo because it's essentially a perfect 20-second summation of what Eddie Van Halen is about as a solo player. When Ed was asked by Thriller producer Quincy Jones to go in and lay down that solo, Ed listened to the song twice and didn't like the section that they were asking him to record the solo over. The story goes that he asked Jones if they could move the breakdown of the song and change the chords under the solo so that Ed could play it in the key of E. Then when that was done, he recorded two solos. The whole thing probably took about 20 minutes. Ed refused payment for it and wasn't credited on the album, didn't appear in the video. Later on, Ed talked to Billboard magazine about it in 2015, and he said, It was 20 minutes of my life. I didn't want anything for doing that. And he also said of Beat It, which went on to become one of the best-selling singles of all time, by the way, I literally thought to myself, who is going to possibly know if I play on this kid's record? A few months after the record's release, before it was officially known who played the solo, Ed was in a Tower record store while Beat It was playing on the sound system. The solo came on and Ed overhears a kid in front of him say, Listen to this guy try and sound like Eddie Van Halen. Ed tapped him on the shoulder and said, That is me, and walked away. When I consider the whole of my experience as an Eddie Van Halen fan from age 12 to now, I can't help but think that we should be so lucky in life to have experienced something that thrilled us with such remarkable intensity. And for me, Ed's playing did just that, still does. It's a gift that no one else can give. There will never, ever be another Edward Van Halen. And I'm incredibly sad to say goodbye. But I'm certainly thankful for all the memories that he leaves behind. Rest easy, Edward. You'll never truly be gone.